I'm Mike Whitmer, and this is Chiropractical. On our business cards, we put pictures of spines. So our image to the world out there is not as a neurologist, but as a bone doctor. We've got to reorient ourselves to a more neurologically based profession if we're going to, I think, survive and be a leader in healthcare. That was Dr. Guy Reekman, a well-known leader from the chiropractic profession. Dr. Reekman is one of many luminaries we will be hearing from on this episode of Chiropractical. We're doing something a little different for this episode. Recently, we had the opportunity to attend the National presented by the Florida Chiropractic Association. This is one of the largest gatherings of chiropractors, and many leaders were there. We sat down with several of them to get their insights on the state of the chiropractic profession. Great conversations. We got their thoughts on the strategic direction of the profession, challenges our doctors and students face, opportunities for women in healthcare, and becoming the doctor of choice in our communities. We also heard from several folks about how we as a profession, when faced with controversy, circle the wagons and shoot inward. We wanted to share some of the key messages about the profession from these luminaries with our listeners. I'm super excited about this episode. I found hearing these leaders give their candid thoughts to be inspiring, challenging, and invigorating. I hope you do as well. So let's get started. Dr. Donna Kraft, board member with Women Chiropractors. The future of chiropractic is very exciting. The quality of the students coming in, um, the research that is happening. I believe chiropractors will become, in the near future, the doctor of choice for wellness and lifestyle and managing patient care with all the other specialists, um, managing diseases and symptoms. Um, it's like taking care of the whole person. Liz Klein, Executive Director from Cairo Congress. We see what's happening to our healthcare system and, you know, the promotion of, of pharmaceuticals and things that are just masking the problem but not getting to the root of the problem. And I think that's the beauty of chiropractic is, you know, we really as a profession are looking to get to the root of the problem to help people feel better, to help them um, improve their lives. And we know chiropractic, it provides that pathway in a non-drug fashion and, you know, for people to have to miss out on this because they reach a certain age and it's not being covered, you know, through their insurance or, you know, whatever the reasons are, it, it really should be, in my opinion, chiropractic should be the primary care provider for patients. It should be a choice. Dr. Brandy Childress, president of the American Black Chiropractic Association. I'm excited about the future of chiropractic because of all of the possibilities that exist. We are finally getting visibility nationally, internationally, uh, on television, on radio, in podcasts. And I'm excited because we haven't even reached the peak of our potential. And so as we continue to go, uh, there are so many bodies and so many spines and so many people whose lives um, we have yet to touch. And so I know that as we continue to spread the word of chiropractic, uh, it's going to be as big as, it's going to be the biggest thing around. Dr. Richard Brown, Secretary General of the World Federation of Chiropractic. I've been involved in chiropractic since 1986, and I have never been more excited than I am now about the future of the profession. There has never been a better time to be a chiropractor. The opportunities nationally, internationally, are beyond the realms of any expectation that, that would ever have occurred even 20 years ago. You know, I was talking to 
to Tony Lisi earlier on, who, who is the, the chief of chiropractic staff for the VA. And we were talking about the work that he's doing at Yale, the work that other chiropractors are doing at Harvard. Other chiropractors are starting at Dartmouth. I mean, we would never have imagined this 20 years ago. Chiropractors at the Olympic Games, chiropractors in mainstream hospitals. I am so excited about what the future holds. And we just, our job is really just to get out there and advance awareness, utilization, and integration of chiropractic internationally. Which is one of the reasons why at the WFC Congress this year, our theme is, let's start with the patient. It's all about patient-centered care, because let's face it, what is the one thing that unites chiropractors around the world, regardless of philosophy, type of practice, type of technique, it's the patients that we serve. So as long as we focus on the patients that we're there to serve, we have a common aim and a common goal. The external factors, well, how do we deal with the external factors? It's about doing the right thing. And this goes back to evidence-based, people-centered, interprofessional, and collaborative. Sure, we're gonna have people that want us to fail. And they're people who see us as competition, but we need to rise above that. We need to recognize the opportunities and realize the opportunities that chiropractors have to change the lives of millions of people around the world. And that's just, we're, we're scratching the surface now. We have huge potential for the future, and that's why I'm so excited about it. Dr. John Maltby, president of the World Federation of Chiropractic. This year, I've been able to go to Rwanda, Africa, to be at the capital of Kigali, to meet with top government officials, to share with them the story of chiropractic and why it should be part of their healthcare system. And their immediate answer was, when can we start? I think what's so exciting about the future of chiropractic right now is that people are starting to get it internationally. They want chiropractic care. They want chiropractors. They want to create incentives for people to come to these different countries. So the future of chiropractic to me has never been brighter because the word's out. What we do works and they want to be part of it. Dr. Alessandra Colon, who practices in Palm Beach, Florida and stars in Crack Addicts. I think we're in a really special place right now, and I, I think it's unlike anything we've ever experienced in chiropractic care. I, we all know that there's a little bit of negative connotations that come with our profession. We've all heard it. I'm not a real doctor, blah, 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 blah. You're not science-based. We're in an era right now where we're really going green, and we're going green not only with the foods that we drink, but how we treat our bodies and the lifestyle. And chiropractic and alternative medicine is truly on the forefront. So for me, chiropractic profession is going to be growing and they're going to be flooding your office more and more as we start to see people get away from pharmaceuticals and realize that their bodies are important and getting adjusted and treating the nerve interference is like number one. So chiropractic is, we're just getting started. <laughs> we're breaking the mold, right? I think we need to get more education out there as to what we do, whether it is the boards. And I'll be the first to say, I'm one of the first to do it. I've brought chiropractic on a nationwide level with a television series. So we are about to break some major, major barriers, guys. We're about to break some glass ceilings, and we're going to show the world what chiropractic is all about. Dr. Jen Ganser, Assistant Professor, Chiropractic Medicine at National University of Health Sciences, Florida. We have over 100 years in musculoskeletal and spinal 
And we have exploded additionally through primary care. We have the option of so many specialties. Once we have that chiropractic degree, we can do pediatrics, sports rehab, clinical nutrition, internists. We can go musculoskeletal alone or integrate it into a nutrition program. It really does give us the choice to go any route that we really want to follow. Dr. Glenn Jaffe, founder and president of Jaffe Chiropractic. I think maybe one of the biggest challenges we're facing going forward in this profession is that we still globally have trouble identifying what we do. And when that message to the public is not clear enough for them to understand what we do, then they are confused and it takes more work. It's harder for us, for people to understand what chiropractic is and how it can help them, how it can change their life. The bottom line is that every person out there who is a chiropractic patient understands chiropractic because of what they've learned from their chiropractor. But if they don't get that opportunity to get into that chiropractic office, then that's one of the biggest challenges that we face. So if we can continue to find a way to put chiropractic forward in a way that makes sense to the public, instead of trying to make it make sense for us, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we can overcome. And when we get to that point, sky's the limit. More from Dr. Childress. I think the chiropractic profession is still facing challenges in that there are a lot of people in the community who do not know what chiropractic is or they do not understand what chiropractic is. And I think that it is the role of all chiropractic stakeholders, whether it's students, whether it's current doctors, whether it's organizations that support chiropractors, to help spread the word and to help everyone understand exactly what it is that we do, who we are, and how it can benefit them in their overall life as a whole. Again, Dr. Cologne. We also need to understand that our philosophy might just be that it's treating the spine, but I don't think people understand that we actually treat other things, right? They don't know that we treat period cramps. They don't know that we treat headaches. They don't know that we treat pediatrics. So we really need to focus on actually expanding the value of chiropractic outside just the scope of the spine. Dr. Sherry McAllister, president of the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. Having our chiropractors get out and mobilize out of their clinics, because that's, you're in your clinic, that's good. You're outside of your clinic educating, that's great. Maximizing momentum through mobilization takes our profession to a whole new level. Hippocrates was right there with us at the very beginning. Educate them on the human frame. The choices that they make will be better and they'll be well-equipped to understand the outcomes that they get when they choose poorly. Dr. Guy Reekman, past chancellor of Life University. We need to have a complete reorientation of the profession to a neurologically based profession. We've always said that when we adjust people, it's the nerve system that's important. But on our business cards, we put pictures of spines. So our image to the, to the world out there is not as a neurologist, but as a bone doctor. We've got to reorient ourselves to a more neurologically based profession if we're going to, I think, survive and be a leader in healthcare. We've got to find a way of being in patients' lives on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week level. I'll give you an example. 75% of hospitals in the United States today have their own app. 50% of the people that come through the hospital get signed up on their app, which means that every day, hospitals are sending our patients and our prospective patients information on drugs and vaccines, and new surgeries and medical breakthroughs and all the things that a lot of times are antithetical to chiropractic. Then you add in the big pharma, the commercials on television, you add in 
you go to McDonald's and the mats that they have for kids to color on are about vaccinations. So literally medicine is in our lives. Amazon now has their own pharmacy. They're in our lives 24 seven. Chiropractors, we see a patient twice a month for 10 minutes and we think somehow we're gonna compete. We need to find a way to use technology, the internet, to be in patients' lives 24-7. Again, Dr. John Maltby. It's about getting people under chiropractic care. I like to say, our goal is to get more people on the, on the tables. You know, so we're taking care of more people. Maintaining a quality of education and putting out a standard of chiropractic so that people are getting under care. And that comes about by us working together. Again, Dr. Richard Brown. We talk about interprofessional practice. Patients no longer want or tolerate siloed care, where you have groups of health professionals who never speak to each other. That is not in the best interests of patients. And, and as I say, patients don't want it. Collaboration also means going beyond interprofessional care, but collaborating with the patients that we are there to serve. So there's an expression now that we are hearing more and more in healthcare, and that's shared decision-making. We've moved from the environment of paternalistic healthcare, where we have this doctor knows best attitude and the patient never has a say in their care plans. Shared decision-making is all about involving the chiropractor and the patient and the patient's family and carers and others in a shared decision-making process that respects the individual needs, beliefs, expectations, cultural values, all of the things that we talk about, when we talk about equality, diversity, and inclusion, that all rolls in to the collaborative piece. And chiropractors must recognize that collaboration on this level is absolutely fundamental to the future health of the profession and the future health of the patients that we are here to serve. Dr. Sharifa Clark, Vice President of the American Black Chiropractic Association. I feel like one of the biggest issues that chiropractors face or the profession face is collaborating with other providers. It's always been us against them, right? And it's not that because at the end of the day, we're all treating the patient and it should be a collaborative effort. So I feel like how we can navigate it is say, we're looking at the patient, we're treating the patient as an individual and say, you know what, how can I best treat this patient? And how can that other provider who's treating them also best treat them? And to collaborate with the provider to give that patient the best care. I work more so in personal injury and I see firsthand where the collaboration is needed. I mean, I've had patients where Honestly, sometimes almost anything that we are doing is like not helping. And it gets to a point where it is unfortunately a surgical situation, right? And I don't like, you know, I feel like surgery is always gonna be the last resort, but if that's what's needed to get that patient better, to get that patient more functioning, then I'm like, you know, whatever it is, because at the end of the day, the patient is the most important. More from Dr. Ganser. The chiropractic profession is always under the gun when it comes to challenges from other professions. We have to make sure that we integrate together as a profession, but also as a healthcare entity. We need to continue to understand that the chiropractic degree and chiropractic physician career 
gives the ability to integrate with other professions, other doctors, nurse practitioners, the hospitals, uh, as well as the veterans, uh, the VA association. So it really does give us the opportunity to show how integrated models of healthcare can really work. Dr. Elise Hewitt, founding program director of the Master of Science in Integrative Pediatrics at Logan University. I think the future of chiropractic is so incredibly bright because of one word, integration. And we are now, the door is open to us in so many different aspects of healthcare where it was closed when I first graduated from chiropractic school. And the future is, it couldn't be brighter for students who are coming into the profession now. It couldn't be better for patients who desperately need our health care, who haven't had access to it before. So I think um, integration is the key, bringing us, we're now being brought in. People are coming to us asking our profession to be on their healthcare team because now the research is showing how much, what we've already known, how much chiropractic care helps patients in um, a non-invasive way and in a low-cost way. So the future is very bright, especially for those who are interested in collaboration. Mark Abla, CEO of the Illinois Chiropractic Society. I think we have some really great things that are coming down uh, in regards to efficiencies and economies of scale that are going to help our doctors uh, jump some of the hurdles that they're running into today uh, as far as profitability. Uh, we believe that our doctors love their patients so much, sometimes they sacrifice themselves and sacrifice their profitability. Um, but instead, I think we are seeing some technological advances that are going to help us uh, in that regard. I believe one of the interesting challenges that the chiropractic profession faces is, is actually a good thing in a sense. Um, I, our doctors love their patients so much. Uh, that many times that they focus their attention on the patient. Uh, they miss some of the key business things that they need to handle in their practices. Um, and they sometimes misunderstand uh, some of the necessities that we have for the profession. I mentioned data earlier. Um, the data concept and, and having that level of information uh, is so critical to the profession. It's jumping the hurdle of understanding for our doctors, for them to be able to embrace data and the data gathering and being a participant in that process and embracing technology uh, to help drive us into the future. Dr. Jay Greenstein, founder and CEO of Kaizo Health. What gets me really excited about the future of chiropractic is tech. Now, I'm a tech person. I have a tech company as well as my chiropractic practices, but the advent and the growth of healthcare technology, blockchain, artificial intelligence, big data and analytics, all of these things gets me really excited about the future because we're gonna be able to demonstrate chiropractic's impact at an exponential level. It's not gonna take three years to run a randomized controlled clinical trial. We're gonna, we're gonna understand chiropractic through pragmatic data almost in real time. And that is really, really exciting to me. Dr. Clark with the American Black Chiropractic Association. You know what, as I see these new students coming out and I see how things are changing, like even how the boards are gonna be changing, they're gonna be offering it even more how the schools are growing, they're adding new buildings, they're adding larger classes. I am really excited. The, even the classes are different. They're giving us even more in-depth classes. They've included classes that I know I didn't have when I was a student that they're having now. And I feel that in, let's say, five to 10 years, I feel like the students that are gonna be out there who's gonna be doctors who are gonna be practicing is gonna be even like at a, I don't wanna say a higher level, but they're gonna have so much more knowledge 
going into practice, one of the key things for the ABCA is that, number one, we're helping chiropractic students who are of color get through that chiropractic program, right? So that they could go out into their community and serve the community, especially the minority population who sometimes they won't try chiropractic if the doctor don't look or resemble them. So now we're getting a group of people seeing a chiropractor who probably wouldn't have any otherwise. And as a result, we have more chiropractic patients. As it is, we're seeing a very few of the population. So the more chiropractors we get out there practicing, the more patients we're gonna be able to reach. So as a whole, chiropractic will grow. And it's like I said, I want it to become the number one choice and then everything else secondary. Again, Dr. Kraft. The biggest challenge I see um, with the students uh, coming out of chiropractic college is the huge debt load. Um, and how do they manage that? And in the second part to that is the schools, um, the colleges, and not just our profession, all of the doctoring professions are 50% or more women. And they get out of school after eight years or, eight more, or more than eight years. And it's like, okay, now I want to have a family. And how do I work part-time? And how do I do this and pay off my student loans and make a living? And I think that's the biggest challenge is how can we help these doctors be successful and have that life-work balance? More from Dr. Hewitt. So I think the, the challenges the chiropractic profession, our chiropractic profession is facing now have a lot to do with chiropractors themselves. Are we acting in an ethical way versus an unethical way? Are we following the evidence or not following the evidence? I think if we can face those challenges with regulation, um, that will go a long way to gaining acceptance of our profession in the greater healthcare world. I think the, the problems that have always existed for us are still there in terms of acceptance, misconceptions, myths about our profession. Dr. Brenda Holland, immediate past president of Cairo Congress and vice president of Wisconsin Chiropractic Association. Right now, there's over half of the chiropractors enrolled in schools are females. So that's an exciting component of the chiropractic in the future. I think because it's hands-on and because there's so much that chiropractors give to their patients, and it's such a giving profession. So I think that just resonates with a lot of females. We want to help people. We want to, you know, support them. We want to help them, you know, work on getting themselves better, you know, rather than fixing broke adults, you know. So it's really about really enhancing the overall health and well-being of patients. Liz Klein with Cairo Congress. We've just put our first fellowship uh, into play in Dartmouth. We've got Yale and Harvard lined up for additional fellowships as we continue to get our funding. We have so much more going on from a legislative standpoint and supporting initiatives to ensure that doctors of chiropractic continue to get paid um, fairly and get parity. Right now, we need to get more students into school. That's one issue. Um, we need to show that this is a great career path and that it can be so rewarding, so incredibly you know, rewarding for many people um, who are interested in, in a, approaching a career that is very hands-on, personal, drug-free. It's, it's an amazing profession. And I think the other side of it is you know, getting paid fairly and making sure that there's parity within the, um, the payment system for doctors of chiropractic because they're coming out of school with a tremendous amount of debt. Many of them are, and if they can't get paid on par, how do they pay those student loans? And so we have to fight to make sure that our legislation, 
that um, insurance is not unfairly restricting payments or not paying the doctors what they deserve. And so I think, you know, it's, it's again, there's, there's many levels of this. Some of it's going to be legislative. And I do think Chiropractic Future Strategic Plan, um, just as a participant in that, sitting on the leadership committee, I see that that is what is going to help propel some issues forward in trying to get them resolved. Dr. Christina Padilla, board member of Women Chiropractors and owner of Thrive Family Chiropractic. I think the future of chiropractic is in its younger doctors. And I think that's really something that I'm really passionate about, just helping leading the newer doctors coming out of schools to be motivated about what they're doing to shift the way that chiropractic is done, Um, breaking out of the standard of how you should practice and realizing that there's so many other ways that chiropractors can be involved in their communities in healthcare and just sticking outside of what we traditionally would do as chiropractors by collaborating. And I think that's really where the future is, like opening up the conversations to other professions where we can work together to be better for our patients and to do better for our patients. Communication, I think it's a big one. Um, We all want the same thing for the profession, I think. We all want the same outcomes for what we want to do and how we want to help the world. Um, But I think we need to find better ways of communicating that we all have differences. It is really exciting to see that half of the students in chiropractic schools now are women. When I went to school, my class 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, was one of the odd ones that actually was more women than men, and that's not very common. But it is pretty prevalent across pretty much every school now in the U.S. I think that's very exciting. I was just having a conversation earlier today with someone else that um, they predict that the next 20 years, healthcare will be dominated by women. Um, Women are the ones making decisions at home as well for health, for the health of their family and themselves. So I think it's really exciting. I think we really need to find tools and programs that cater the way women practice. Women's needs as business owners and entrepreneurs are a little bit different than men because they also sometimes have to be take care of their families at home. They have children, things that we need to account for that are not maybe the traditional aspect of how a business may run. And learning to find ways for them to be successful, but also be able to do all these things that everybody else does, I think is really powerful. Dr. Holland from Cairo Congress and WCA. Some of the changes that I've seen in the last uh, 20 years has been a lot more chiropractic research. I've also seen a lot more females in the chiropractic profession. I've also seen the change in the way the chiropractors practice. You know, they're going from more single solo offices to more group practices. I think research is so important to this profession because right now I believe there's only 72 researchers out there supporting chiropractic. More from Liz Klein. What we hear from the state associations and what others know is that we need more research. We know what chiropractic can do, but we need more research. We need more information. We need to be able to substantiate that and be able to take that to legislators, to insurance carriers, to whomever is out there that we need to let them know and and help them better understand um, the value of chiropractic. So the research is going to be critical to that and getting more researchers in the field. Again, Dr. John Maltby. I think the biggest problem in the chiropractic profession is from what I see, is we fight ourselves, okay? We have a tendency sometimes circle the wagons and shoot in. That we need to figure out it's not about semantics, it's not about vocabulary. Because we haven't been collaborating and it hadn't been working, okay? That there's such so much power in numbers. There's so much that we can do when we do work together. It's not just one guy pulling the rope, it's all of us working together. And from what I'm seeing, especially with the WFC, with 95, 96 countries that come together 
and say, okay, let's make this work, things are happening. And it's, and it's very exciting to see that. Dr. Rachel Wentz with the Kentucky Association of Chiropractors. One of our biggest hurdles is that we view each other as competition. Chiropractors do. We don't need to be competing with each other. That's not the way. There are plenty of people out there that we can help. And we truly can be unified without the need for uniformity. We can come together for the good of the cause for our patients. That's what it should come down to, honestly. And we can all succeed together. Clearly, if you're a chiropractor, you're helping patients in your office, you're making an impact. Let's all do that together and support each other and bring us up that way instead of looking at next door neighbor as competition. Again, Mark Abla. I see some really amazing things coming out of the Chiropractic Future Strategic Plan uh, that are going to be incredible in regards to data aggregation and making and owning, as a profession, owning our own data, as opposed to insurance companies always owning the data. We would be able to own our data and find all of those incredible ways, do research off of that data, find the incredible ways uh, that chiropractic impacts the health of their patients and their communities, and we'll be able to demonstrate that through the data that's going to be available in the data lakes and through uh, key dashboards and metrics. More from Dr. Richard Brown. I think we need to first look at those problems that are internal and those problems that are external. You know, there are debates and discussions and arguments and disagreements that go on in every profession, and chiropractic is no exception. And of course, sometimes those disagreements can become ugly and they can reach ahead and, and they do nothing to advance the mission of the profession. Because in the grand scheme of things, chiropractic is a relatively small profession globally. But when it becomes factionalized and when there's disagreements, there are problems. Dr. Jay Greenstein, founder and CEO of Kaizo Health. I think we have some external challenges and we have some internal challenges that our profession is facing. The external challenges, I feel, are insurance company reimbursement, not being paid appropriately, including their third-party administrators, and anti-chiropractic legislation. I think those two external factors are going to be challenges for us as we continue to move forward because they've been challenges historically. They're probably going to be challenges moving forward. Internally, honestly, I think the biggest challenge for us is just communication. You know, chiropractors agree on 98% of stuff. Uh, We all want to do the same thing. We all want to serve humankind. And making sure that we've got the appropriate and consistent channels of communication so people know about the future of a chiropractic strategic plan. They understand what the advocates in the profession are doing to help the profession move forward. I think is a challenge, but a challenge we'll overcome. More from Dr. Brenda Holland. So what gets me excited about the future of chiropractic is the Chiropractic Future Strategic Plan. There are so many people who are actively involved in making the profession better. I also love the fact that there are so many females entering the chiropractic profession. I think sometimes we are our own worst enemy. So I think that, uh, but there's still so much positive out there. And I really believe that, you know, there's such a great group of leaders right now in the profession that I really see good things happening in the future. Continue to be collaborative. You know, there's so much more potential with chiropractic if we all work towards a common goal and we all work together. We're all gonna have our slight differences, but as long as we continue to find that one piece that we all agree on, we can continue to move this profession forward. Again, Dr. Hewitt. Students today, A, they need to be proud of their education. 
they need to understand that they are an equal to other healthcare professionals out there. They are not second-class citizens. I think the way to move forward in the healthcare world today is with collaboration. And so building relationships with other healthcare providers, educating other healthcare providers about what your role is, what do you do and what is your role, so that they understand where you fit into the greater pie of you know, the, the team of healthcare providers. Dr. Jaffe from Jaffe Chiropractic. I think a couple of things that are really exciting. One of them is the generation that's coming up behind me being in this profession for 20 years, I can see there, there's, a, there's an energy that they bring, there's a curiosity that they have with taking chiropractic and, and, and sharing it in a way that is still evolving with social media and digital media and, and the way that we go about sharing information and sharing experiences. And chiropractic is all about relationship building. And when people understand the relationship and the experience that they're gonna get when they get into that office with that particular chiropractor, that is such a game changer for them to be able to share the message of chiropractic. I also think that the profession itself is finally starting to learn the lesson that it cannot circle the wagons and shoot in on itself anymore. And there are so many people that are working to raise the tide of this profession from all different places, different stakeholders and associations and organizations. And for me to be personally part of that process is very exciting and to see what can happen and how many lives we can change when we start working together is very exciting. Again, Liz Klein. One of the things that Cairo Congress has been deeply involved in is administratively supporting the Chiropractic Future Strategic Plan. We're super excited because this initiative is actually bringing to light where we intersect as a profession, what we agree on, what we need to see move forward, and the energy and and, um, support behind this. We were thrilled to get this group together at the National. Like I said, this episode has certainly energized me, and I hope that you found some valuable information as well. I'd like to thank all the leaders from the profession who took the time to talk with us. We've put their bios in the show notes, along with the transcript of this episode for you, because there's just so much good stuff here. Thank you for joining us, and talk soon. Talk soon.